Good morning, this is Michael, and welcome to the very first edition of The Blood Walk. And before I begin and get into the substance of what I'd like to say, I'd like to tell you who this podcast is aimed at, who I'm looking to target in this podcast, and it is the intercessors, the prayer warriors, and the worshipers. Because unless you fall into one of these three categories, and they're really pretty much the same category, a lot of this may not make a whole lot of sense to you. Because in this walk, my friends, with the Son of God, I've, I've coined a phrase lately that I hope is not going to be too offensive to most people, but this is what the phrase is. If you are not a house of prayer, God is not there. If you are not a house of prayer, God is not there. In other words, you are going to find Emmanuel in the house of prayer. Emmanuel, God with us. This is where he's at. And and folks, if, if you're not prayer warriors, if you're not intercessors, if you're not really the worshiper you'd like to be, I got to tell you something, man. This is where all the action is. This is where all the fun is. This is where all the adventure is. I mean, I can't even see this walk with the Son of God, which is very difficult at times if you aren't a prayer warrior, if you're not an intercessor. And quite frankly, why would you want this walk if you're not a prayer warrior? Why would you want it? This is where you're going to meet the Son of God is in prayer. This is where you are going to meet your Heavenly Father. This is where you are going to have extraordinary adventures in the Spirit with the Holy Spirit is when you become that house of prayer, that house of prayer. You know, the one thing that the disciples really bugged Yahshua about was his prayer life. And you can imagine those men beholding the Son of God and the wonders that he did, not only the wonders that he did, but the words that he spoke, the wisdom that just filled every word, every letter that came forth out of his mouth. And they were blown away. They were absolutely blown away by Yahshua's prayer life. Master, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, Master. Teach us to pray like you do. I mean, when you have, when your Master is taken off for three to four to five to six hours daily just so he can get alone with the Heavenly Father, just so he can crawl back into the bosom of God, right, it's got to be a phenomenal place to be. And I want to testify to you that that is absolutely true. The bosom of God is the most phenomenal place you would ever want to find yourself. And you can only get there through prayer. You can't get to the bosom of God. You can't get into the heart of God unless you're a prayer warrior. How are you going to make contact with him? This is where you begin to join This is where you begin to become fused. This is where you begin to become melded to the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you a little bit about myself just so that we can have uh, some common ground because a lot of it shares so many things in common. And I've been on this walk with Yahshua since 1981. Before that, I sought him with all my heart. But we we had a mega encounter in 1981. 
and uh, I, I won't go into it too much. I've, I, I've testified about this uh, on numerous other broadcasts, but just suffice to say, I was in absolute despair, absolute misery, uh, and I was concerned that I had been banished from the kingdom of God before I'd ever even got there. And all of a sudden, standing on my right side is the Son of God. Now, I had the Bible open, and it was in my lap. Quite frankly, I was in my, my mother's bathroom on the porcelain throne. I was just kind of sitting there, you know, just kind of hanging my head, you know, with my head in my hands and going, oh, God, you know. And then Yahshua stood right on my right side and read to me out loud out of the sixth chapter of the book of John. And I got to tell you, from the get-go, the sound of that voice was so extraordinarily beautiful that that w within a twinkle a a after this visitation started, my eyes were flowing like rivers of tears. I had never heard, never experienced, didn't even know anything that beautiful could ever even exist. And his word became like a laser beam, like a white laser beam, just a shaft. And it pierced my right ear. And it bypassed my mind and went right straight down into my heart and just exploded in his glory and just exploded in his presence. And I basked there for week after week after week, just hour after hour. I, just, I mean, you're with him. You don't ever want to leave, but these things do tend to fade after a while. But anyway, this is where I began, and this is where it all began for me was with this audible visitation from the Son of God. And I got to tell you, from the get-go, from the get-go, he called me out as a prayer warrior. I didn't even know what a prayer warrior was. I just, I, I, I'm Pentecostal. I speak in tongues. I pray in tongues. I intercede in tongues. I spend most of my day in tongues, man. It's, uh, it's like I was saying in the beginning. I just got, to, oh, God, this is so much fun. Um. I don't mean to get off track here. I probably sound a little bit scattered, but it is the morning, and I've only had one cup of coffee. But the whole, the whole walk with Yahshua, folks, is prayer. And I don't even know that prayer is the best word for it. It's that you become joined in the Spirit. You are conscious of your union. You're conscious of it when you're when you're in prayer, when you're sitting with Him, when you sit at His feet daily, when you when you. When you sacrifice an hour, hour and a half every morning, you get up early in the morning and you sit with him, pray in tongues, have your coffee, do what you do, but just fellowship with him. It's an easy thing to do and it's a very easy habit to create if you haven't already. I want to throw a term out at you from the Aramaic and it has to do with the word, W-O-R-D. For example, in the beginning of uh, John 1, 1, in the Greek, you know, it says in the beginning was the Logos, which once you understand what John really said, when you hear the word Logos, it'll make you vomit because this is nowhere, it, it, Logos is such a horrible word to have chosen for this. In the Aramaic, which is, um, John wrote his gospel in the Aramaic, it was not originally done in Greek. In the Aramaic, instead of the word logos, what we have is a word milfa. And what the word milfa means, and it is translated the, the same word in English, 
unfortunate, but uh, there is no English word that can even begin to compare with the Aramaic milthaw. The milthaw is a definition, and it goes like this. It is the power. It is the substance. It is the emanation. It is the glory. It is the wonder. <sighs> milthaw is a word that describes the living God. All right. So put it this way. In the beginning was the wonder, the emanation, the power, the substance, the manifestation, the glory of God. This is what that word means. So when you hear Yahshua say, abide in my word and my word abide in you, what he is saying is, abide in my milthaw, abide in the substance of my word, abide in the emanation of my word, abide in the manifestation of my word, abide there. And if, you're an, if you've been an intercessor, if you are an intercessor or a prayer warrior, if you're Pentecostal, there are times you have experienced the word and it is it is the power of God, and you can feel it. You can feel it filling your soul, filling you. It's man. It's like you're a balloon, and He has just blown you up. It's it's the most extraordinary thing. But this is the milfall. And once you once you once you experience this, you'll never forget it. It's kind of like if you've ever prophesied, or if you've ever given a message in tongues, you know. When the Spirit comes upon you, it is so powerful. Sometimes you can hardly stand up. It's so powerful. But you've got to get that word out of your mouth, right? And those of you who have prophesied, you know what I'm talking about. You, you absolutely know. This is the milthaw. What you are experiencing and what you are feeling is the milthaw. And this is what John was describing in John 1.1. It's something that the word is what you have to experience. It's very difficult to put it into English. It's very because it's a it's a spiritual thing. You are trying to describe something out of heaven and put it into terms that are understandable on planet earth and sometimes it's not easy to do <laughs> if you've ever met the living god you know you don't have words you don't it's like you meet him and, and you don't have english words all you can do is just start crying out in tongues you know and anyway it is so incredible but the mill thaw the mill thaw is foundational to understanding the book of john so I needed to lay that term out to you, milfaw, so you can begin to, and what you need to do is kind of meditate upon this, reflect upon this, and those of you that have experienced it, all right, you can lock right into it. Man, it's like target lock on that experience because now you know, oh, 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 oh. So the thing is, why it is so important to get a foundational understanding in the word milfaw and into the term, to the explanation, the understanding, the experience of it, is because the book of John is like one ginormous feast of unleavened bread. And let me tell you something, what? The, the feast of unleavened bread, all right? This is, your, this is your wilderness journey, 
and your wilderness journey is likened unto the feast of unleavened bread. Because as Yahshua said to the disciples, remember, beware of the leaven of the scribes and the Pharisees. Beware of their leaven, for they say and they do not, and their doctrine is hypocrisy. All right. Their doctrine is not only hypocritical, but it's full of lies. Beware of that leaven. All right. The leaven are the words of men. All right. The unleavened is the millfall. So when you're going through the feast of unleavened bread, what happens is, is that God brings this phenomenal manifestation of his millfall. He literally lights you up with his brilliant white light of the living truth. He lights you up inside and it, and it, it obliterates and purges layer after layer after layer of lies that we mankind have received people for 6,000 years concerning the living God. All right. And when you are going through the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and this is a lengthy process, this is your wilderness journey. In your wilderness journey, it is the millfall that is purging you. The word of truth, the manifested word of truth is purging you. And I'll go into this in, uh, in great detail in, in later podcasts because this is a journey that the Holy Spirit took me on. But it began when I got my focus on the cross. So before I conclude this, and this, is, this podcast is, is an introduction. It's an introduction to where I really needed to lay a foundation that, A, this is for intercessors, this is for prayer warriors, and this is for worshipers. And like I'd said in the beginning, I really don't know if anybody else would begin to understand if they have never experienced the mill thaw. It, it, it's, it's not difficult to get the concept, but it's something that you absolutely need to experience. Think about this. To whom is God going to have regard? All right. He says to those, to those who fear him and tremble at his word. They tremble at the millfall. They tremble, and so will you. You will tremble because with the millfall comes the fear of God. And I'm going to tell you something. This is going to sound really bizarre, but the day is coming, folks, when you are going to absolutely delight in the fear of God. You really are, and I'm going to share that experience with you um, in the next podcast because I really don't have time to do it right now. But suffice to say, grab a hold of this, prayer and the word, prayer and the mill thought. And briefly, back in the day when, when I was a Christian, there were, especially if you were in a good church, there was really two kinds of, uh, two kinds of Christians. Those who were uh, Pentecostals, let's put it that way. Those who were full of the Spirit because they were intercessors, they were in prayer all the time. And those that had uh, that were full of the word, but what you rarely found is an intercessor who was full of the word, or a word person who was full of the spirit. It's like, come on, guys! You, it has to be both. It has to be both. You've got to be full of the spirit and full of the word. And it's when you're in, when you're in those deep places of intercession, 
that the Miltha really begins to expand within your soul, really begins to consume the old Adam in you. My word is a consuming fire. This is what God says. My word is a consuming fire. And that word is the Miltha. It is the Miltha. So with that, I'm going to let you go. And I'll be covering this tomorrow and the next day and the next day or the next, rather, the next episode, the next several episodes. And so for that, this is Michael. This has been The Blood Walk. And I'm going to ask you at the end of this broadcast to just click the little subscribe button. So on my next podcast, I'll give you, I'll give you a heads up. What I'm going to discuss with you in the next podcast is the fear of God and the strong man. And this is one of the most massive, most powerful deliverances that any man could ever receive. <laughs> and we will be discussing that. So uh, stay tuned. And like I say, at the end of the broadcast, just click subscribe and I'll talk to you later. Bye bye.